0: And let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter 11. Uh, Easiest way to find that, go to the prophets. uh, Go to uh, Ezekiel and Daniel. Then to Hosea. And uh, Hosea chapter 11. And we're going to begin reading in verse 7. Hosea chapter 11. And verse seven, and shall we stand please for the reading of God's word? Hosea chapter eleven and verse seven. And my people are bent to backsliding from me, though they called them to the Most High, none at all would exalt him. How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? How shall I deliver thee, Israel? How shall I make thee as Adma? How shall I set thee as Zoboam? Mine heart is turned within me. My repentings are kindled together. I will not execute the fierceness of mine anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not man, the Holy One in the midst of thee. And I will not enter into the city. They shall walk after the Lord. He shall roar like a lion. When he shall roar, then the children shall tremble from the west. They shall tremble as a bird out of Egypt, and as a dove out of the land of Assyria. And I will place them in their houses, saith the Lord. Ephraim compasseth me about with lies, and the house of Israel with deceit. But Judah yet ruleth with God, and is faithful with the saints. If you look back at verse 8, this is the uh, text and the title. How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? Uh, We want to talk about the great heart of God this morning, the great love of God. And uh, he's uh, questioning how shall he deal with his people who are backslidden. And then he asks himself the question, How shall I give thee up? Well, we ought to praise the Lord. Uh, He said, I, the Lord, change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob... Are not consumed. How shall I give thee up? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd bless the message, help us to be reminded of thy love and thy ways. And we pray that you'd speak to every heart for those who need encouragement, those who might be away, drifting, going astray out in the world. We pray that you'd bring them back. We pray that you would strengthen us, lift us up, the feeble knees the hands that hang down and uh, encourage your people and help us to understand it's a relationship. How shall two walk together except they be agreed? Help us to know your word and study it. We pray that you'd use this time to remind us of these things and to establish these things in our hearts. And we pray that you'd give us power and direction and guidance to preach and to hear thy word. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. How shall I give thee up? When we think about the great love of God, for God is love, and the great heart of God for Israel, His chosen people, and also in this dispensation in which we live, His heart for the every member of the body of Christ in the New Testament age. We know that He loves us, but we also need to remember something. God is long-suffering. Now, that means He will suffer long. He's very patient. But it does not mean that He will suffer indefinitely. He's not going to suffer and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait, and wait. He will suffer long. But there is a limit to his patience. He said in Genesis 6, My spirit shall not always strive with man. So we need to learn two things this morning. We want to talk about this by way of introduction. His love for each of us. Uh, God loves you. God loves me. You know, the Bible says He has every hair On your hair numbered he knows how many hairs you lost when you combed your hair this morning he has every the bible says that he hears our breathing some of us don't have any uh or how many turn gray yeah he he knows everything he loves us you know god hears our breathing he knows the rhythm he even knows when we sigh he he hears and knows everything about us If we know His love for us, we know this, we need to understand the doctrine. What does the Bible teach about our relationship with Him, sin, being saved, being forgiven, but having a practical relationship with Him just as we have a positional relationship, we are justified through imputed righteousness through the finished work of Christ on Calvary. So secondly, though, we need to know His love through us for each other. How should we treat one another when sin becomes an issue? What is the biblical thing to do just as God has loved us? We should love uh, one another. So relationships, we know that they are fluid. That's the word used. They are in some ways, rhythmic. They go up and down to some degree. They are also cyclical. It goes around in cycles, in relationships. And so sometimes they are more intense and sometimes they're not quite so. They might even become distant. They might become cold for a while. They might become something has happened that has separated And caused a division for a period of time. And so God, in His holiness, He's very angry at sin. He hates sin. He cannot be in the presence of sin. And it makes Him very burdened. And He's full of sorrow and brokenhearted because sin has separated you from your God so that He will not hear. And so as, these, as relationships uh, are concerned, that's why God told us, do the first works. Go back. Get that fire and that zeal that you used to have. You can have revival, renewing, refreshing. You can have this relationship restored as you once did. So, But in relationships, you might get angry for a while might make you mad Uh, and if you love you will get mad because god is a jealous god we don't want anything coming between us and our relationship with him and he doesn't want anything coming with between our relationship with him so sometimes anger sets in and a lot of pain and uh very deep and so that's going to take some time for healing and time has to pass But then, God in His love wants to restore us to return to the first of the love, the compassion, the zeal that we once had. So this truth will affect my life. It it affects your life. Your relationship with God. Are you right with God this morning? Are you away from God this morning? Are you coming back to God this morning? Are you in a hole? Have you dug a hole for yourself? Is it a deep hole? How do you get out? And it will affect other relationships in your life, your family, your marriage, uh, your friendships, the raising of your children, with your siblings, all the relationships of life. It also affects your testimony because people are watching us. They know how we live. They're looking for somebody to set a good example. Also, our church will be affected by this. The other members in the body of Christ, but mainly. Who does this affect? What we, who should we be most concerned with? It affects God. Do we please Him? Without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. The Bible tells us, Hebrews eleven six. But not only that, do we want to break his heart? Do we want to hurt him? He is long-suffering. Do we want to make him angry? Do we want to inflict pain? Because he wants that relationship restored. He not only restored, he wants us like the old preachers used to say, get right with God and stay right with God. So the good news is, Yes, sin separates us from God. But when we come back to Him, the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. It's a new start. And the Bible says that He will remember our sin no more. It'll be just as if it never happened when it gets washed in the blood, according to 1 John 1, 9. And He will bury our sin in the deepest part of the sea, and He will put it as far as the east is from the west... That old song, what sins are you talking about? If they're under the blood, and it's still the blood. So the importance to learn the ways of God. You know, it says in Psalm 104, God taught His uh, ways or actions to Israel. They saw what He did. But only Moses knew why He did what He did. The ways of God. So God wants to reveal these things to us. The secret things belong to the Lord, and the Spirit searcheth the things of God, yea, the deep things of God. So if we want to know the mind of God, the heart of God, the methods of God, Hosea is an amazing book that teaches us about the great love of God the holy God who hates sin, but his relationship with a wayward people. So, Hosea is a story about love between God and his people. And God was so angry at Israel that, and, and a lot of people can't handle the Bible, but this is what it says God told Hosea to marry a prostitute. Her name was Gomer. And she was unfaithful, and she was a cheating woman who abused the love of her husband. And this was to be a picture of how Israel was treating Almighty God. And we need to remember that covetousness is idolatry. You say, well, I'm not bowing down, worshiping any idol. That, that's not the issue usually in this dispensation. If you love anything and you, you are greedy and you crave it and you will put that before Him. It's a type of spiritual adultery. Cheating on our Lord. So there's much for us to learn about this relationship and in this relationship because God demands certain things. And so we are made in the image of God. You can learn a lot about God from yourself. How would you see life if somebody did that to you, what many of us have done to the Lord? So in this story, we have the steps taken that leads to backsliding. You know, Lot would have never moved to Sodom if he'd understood the first step. He ended up living in Sodom and Gomorrah, leaving the will of God, leading his family out of the will of God. If he would have nipped it in the bud when he saw it beginning to take place, it's like the first domino to fall. You know, when the dominoes are pushed and before you know it, they're knocking the other ones down. If you can stop that first domino and recognize what is the trigger that begins all this, we can stop it. And if we see the end, we can never go there by stopping it in the very beginning. So there's two groups of people here I'm talking to this morning. Um, One, you're being tempted to drift and go astray. We fight a battle on three fronts. The world, the flesh, and the devil. The spirit is willing But the flesh is weak. The world is very alluring. And our adversary, the devil, is seeking whom he may devour. And that word dragon means fascinator. The bright neon lights are the colors, the allurements of the world that he's trying to use to lead us away from him, from God. Lead us away from the will of God. So the first group is being tempted. And so you say, well, I might not have ever gone into what we call, quote, unquote, deep sin. But I remind you, all sin is deep. And if you lose your love for the Lord, God wants you to love Him. So you could be supposedly living a clean life, but if you don't love the Lord, uh, that's not pleasing in His sight. Not much difference than somebody going out into the world and uh, backsliding, living for the world's ways. So the first group is being tempted. We're all being tempted. And I want to say, I'll say it again, don't do it. It's not worth it. It'll keep you longer than you want to pay. You'll stay out there longer than you wanted to stay. Don't do it. I warn you, the bridge is out. Don't go down that road. But number two, I'm talking to some people who've already gone down that road. They've made grave mistakes. I want to give you some encouraging news this morning. God said he'll never give you up. He'll never give you up. You know, I I was thinking about uh, my dad. He went to heaven. But one one of the reasons I'm here today, my dad never gave up on me. Never did. I broke his heart. I stole money. I did horrible things. Horrible things. He was called at 3 in the morning to come get me out of jail. Uh, horrible. I, I, I broke his heart. He, he never, ever gave up on me. I'm very thankful for my dad. My Aunt Sue Suber prayed for me for 10 years that I'd come back to God. And I was wayward and rebellious and I didn't want to hear it. And I was justifying it. My Aunt Mary, uh, my dad's sister, she prayed for me and pray- And I can still hear her voice. Uh, the loving kindness of... Uh, I, I heard, I could, I could, if I just think about it, Aunt Mary, Jeff, and she would just say my name. It had a power to it. God used them. They never gave up on me. And God says this morning to you, How shall I give thee up? Now, He may get mad at you for a while. He'll cut you off for a while. But He'll never give thee up. So this is the true heart and the love of God. This is the true heart of a pastor who loves the sheep. And this is the true heart of a true child of God who loves their family and other members in the body of Christ. So let me give you the background of the text so we can get the context, which is the subject matter of our text this morning in the great book of Hosea, full of great truth. Very few people have ever read it for some reason, um, teaching us about the love of God. Hosea, at the time of this writing in his ministry, he was preaching to the northern kingdom at the time of spiritual bankruptcy spiritual adultery the northern kingdom had turned on god and jeroboam the second the evil king had led the nation into deeper and deeper sin and so at this time isaiah and micah they're preaching down in the south to judah hosea is preaching to the northern tribes nobody wants to hear what he has to say you know i can relate to that uh Is anybody going to listen? And when Isaiah got called in Isaiah 6, God said, nobody's going to listen to a thing you say. And he said, well, how long do I have to preach then? He said, till there is no more cities or the world comes to an end. It doesn't matter if anybody listens. The truth must go forth. Now, hopefully they will listen. You know, we ask the question sometimes: How how much further can America go? How much further with this woke trash and stealing God's rainbow, all this wicked stuff going on? How much longer is God going to put up with this? I'll tell you how much longer. As long as the church is the salt of the earth and the light of the world and obeys the great commission to preach the gospel to every creature until the last soul is saved and we all come into the unity of the knowledge of the truth. When we go up to meet the Lord in the air, until then, oh yeah, God's angry. God's cut off a lot of people. But you know what God says? How shall I give the up. So judgment, follow me, seemed improbable. Just like today. Just for Amer- You know how many Americans are blinded that we could lose a war? We think we're somehow invincible. But God's in control. We don't know how much longer the economy will make it. And our even our infrastructure will make it with the political flavor of the time and all these things that are going on, the perilous times we live in in the last of the last days. Seemed very improbable. Seemed it for Israel. They said, there's no way this could ever happen. Well, in 721, the Assyrians invaded, took away the people captive to a foreign land, repopulated it with other nations of people they married and raised children with what jews remained they became known as samaritans they didn't think it could happen to them i don't know why we think we're better than israel if it happened to israel how could it not happen? i'll tell you what we have been invaded <laughs> man it's quiet in- it's already ha- it's already happening We're being invaded. Look what's happening. So from the heart of God, he said, How shall I give thee up? Do you realize they were going up to the mountains in the high places, in the hedges, and building altars, and setting up their idols, and offering sacrifices And there's an amazing verse there in chapter 11 later on that says that he that has sacrifices, let him kiss the calves. God says, if you want your idols, just go ahead. How bad do you want it? Just bow down and worship it. Kiss the statue. God was so angry at that point. Now when the book begins... God tells Hosea to marry Gomer. She becomes an unfaithful wife to him. They are already spiritually bankrupt. They're gone. They have not listened to the prophets. The government is corrupt at that time in Israel. The people have wholeheartedly followed this. And he said, Take unto thee a wife of whoredoms. Very strange story. Remember, God is God, and the Bible is written for man, and the Lord can do whatsoever he wills. And so the, the first thing I want to say simply is, if you haven't gone down that road yet, don't do it. It's not worth it. If, you know, the children ought to be, if you've never smoked your first cigarette, take that first puff, don't do it. If you've never taken your first chaw like Walt Garrison, who was a bull rider and a fullback for the Dallas Cow, little pinch between your cheek and your you know, I used to do that. I remember when my my uncle's spit cup fell over in the feed truck, man, he got so mad. We we're bouncing along in the cow pasture, and he had his spit cup and that thing bam went all over him. You just have to know. And it had that much in it. You'd have to know what I'm talking It was that full. He he didn't ever pour it out. But uh, don't, if you've never taken your first drink, don't do it. Or your first snort, or your first shoot, or whatever that stuff is, it's not worth it. Don't do it. We need to teach our children, don't do it. You know, we ought to all have a goal that our children would be virgins at the marriage altar. It's possible, still, in this day. And day. Wouldn't it be amazing if that was their first kiss? When the preacher says, now, I pronounce you man and wife, you may kiss the bride. You know, and some of them are so experienced. But anyway, wouldn't it be good if it was innocent? Innocent, as God had intended. So God in prudence and discretion, foresight, knowing the error of the way, warns us, stay faithful, stay true. You know, sometimes life gets boring. I admit, monotonous, redundant. Here we are again, same old black book, same place, some guy yelling at you. Same Lord's Day, same Sunday school study in the Bible, same praying to our heavenly Father, same psalm books. It will be worth it all. I'm telling you. You know, I, I got up this morning and for, I said, "This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it." Amen. Even though I don't feel that good, I need to be here. You need to be here. We need to stay right. We need to get right. We need to live by duty. Remember when Solomon made the great experiment in Ecclesiastes? And he got to the end of his life and wasted his life with sin, even though he's the wisest man on earth. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. What was it? Fear God and keep His commandments. For it is appointed unto man once to die... But after this, the judgment, Hebrews 9, 27. For we must all give, uh, appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of the things done in our body. We've all seen what sin will do. The tragedy. The shipwrecked life. The broken families. We've all seen the ruined health. We've all seen the destroyed relationships, we've all seen the prisons they are full, the jails are full, the court system is backed up, the hospitals are full, we've seen the degradation of our society, and if anybody had any sense, they'd realize, don't go down that road, the bridge is out. Don't go down that road. Now, if you haven't done it, I'm begging you, don't go down that road. You'll regret it. You'll say not me, I can handle it. No, you'll regret it. Yeah, you say it's just for a little while. No, it'll keep you so long. Uh sin'll get a grip on you and you won't even it'll be difficult to get out of it. So, let me give you God's ways. The love of God, the heart of God. We need to know this. The first thing that's going to happen is God's going to say, don't go. Don't leave me! Don't leave me! And as you go away, there's tears and He's crying and He's broken hearted. It's the first thing that's going to happen. Second thing's going to happen, turn to chapter 4 of Hosea. And I want you to look at what God's going to say and this is going to be God's feeling and his attitude verse 17 Hosea 4:17 Ephraim is joined to his idols let him alone let him alone You know the worst thing that could ever happen is if God decided to let us alone just let him go If they want to commit idolatry, I'm so angry at them, they broke my heart. Just let them alone. So, the time comes when God is so brokenhearted and sin has separated us from our relationship with Him, there will be a period of time of pain and anger. And you, you you can learn about God if anybody's ever done this to you, you know what it feels like. The anger, the resentment. You feel abandoned. How could they do this to you? This is so unfair. God's going to say, just turn them over to their ways for a while. And, and you know the Bible says when he, when he offers you to come back and you don't come back and you turn your back on God, He still says come back. But you can make God so mad he'll turn his back when you turn your back. You're walking away. Please come back. You're backing up. You turn around. God says, if you want it that bad, I'm turning my back on you. How many times has this happened? How much wasted life? And before you know it, a year goes by. Two years go by. Five years go by. Why? Ephraim is joined to his idols. Let him alone. You know, there's stages to this. First, there's the shame and the guilt, but the rebellion, and then the conscience gets seared, and then you begin to justify it. Oh, there's no, and then you begin to defend it, and you get mad, who are you to tell me? And then you're teaching it to somebody else. And you're so far out there, why? God said, just let him alone. And we're dealing with people right now in this church, in our church family, that they want to run off and they don't see a big deal about it. We'll just see what happens. We'll see what happens. They're joined to their idols. And so at the first, we're like, please don't do it. Why aren't, what? And then after a while, it's like, well, just leave them alone. You know, we've all gone through this. This is the, the mind of God, the heart of God. And so, he's so angry, he's tired of begging. You know, it says in Jeremiah, Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. He wept. David watered his couch with tears. The book of Lamentations is lamenting over the judgment of God and the weeping over God's people joined to their idols. And Jeremiah prayed for them and prayed for them and kept on praying. And the Bible says, God told Jeremiah, I don't want you to pray for them anymore. If Samuel or Elijah stood before me, I wouldn't hear their prayers. I don't want to hear their name. I don't want to think about it. And it says, they will not even come into my mind. God won't even think about them when they decide to run off and joined to their idols. What a horrible thing. Now, here's the good news. Amen. Amen. Our text, chapter 11, verse 8. God is love, and God says, How shall I give thee up? I cannot give thee up. Though you have forsaken me and committed idolatry, and I was angry, and I said, Let them alone. I love them. I want them back. I will receive them back. I will restore the relationship. I will cleanse them in my blood. They can know me. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. And it will be better than it was in the beginning. God saves the best for last, possibly. And... If we draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh unto us. Now, you know what the word confession means? I know the Catholic Church abuses that, and the Bible says, confess not your sins unto a man. You know what the word means? It means open arms, willing to receive back. So when the Bible says First John 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means God is saying, please come back. I'm, you know, God right now is with open arms. Please come back. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree. Confess! I'll receive you back. You know, it's a fearful thing to take God for granted. This is what I want to conclude with. It's a a fearful thing to take somebody's love for granted. It's a fearful thing to take somebody's relationships for granted. Their love, their true, intimate, emotional expression of a relationship Between two, and so many people take it lightly. They take their husband for granted. They take their wife for granted. "Eh, They'll be there. They're at home somewhere. They take their grandparents for granted. They won't be there forever. They take their, their siblings for granted, their children for granted, their brothers and sisters. They take life for granted. They do. May yeah, tomorrow will come. No, it may not come. This is all we get. Work for the night is coming when no man can work. Remember what, the fool in Luke 12 who was a rich farmer and he had a bumper crop and he said, I will just build me bigger barns. And he just built bigger and bigger barns and put all of his crops in there. And, and he said, I have much stored up. And what did Jesus say? Thou fool, tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. And God took him that night, and he's in eternity right now. What is the love of God? Don't go down that road. Don't you sin. You know. And, and we live in a day where people are looking for a church where the preacher won't tell them like the old say, how that cow really ate that cabbage. They they don't want somebody who tells them the truth. They want somebody to give them a pat on the back. And what we need is the truth. You know, you need to tell me, don't go down that road. The wages of sin is death. If you don't want to die, don't go down that road. If you don't want to go to San Antonio, and who wants to go to San Antonio? Don't hit 90 East. Yeah, if you don't want to go to Lakey, don't go 83 North, uh, and if you don't want to die, don't go down that the road of sin. And then what? What is God going to do? Please don't go. If you want it that bad, have it. If you're joined to your idols, I'm going to leave you alone. But then what happens? The great love of God. Praise the Lord. He He says. How shall I give thee up? You know, I'm very thankful. From the time I got saved, one of my favorite verses is, I am constrained by the love of Christ. It's not the fear of God, and it's not these things. If we understand how much He loves us, that'll keep us right. If we understand how much He loves us, we won't take it for granted we sing the song love lifted me love lifted me not hate not rules not law love and i praise the lord Uh, god never gave up on me amen that's why i'm here he he could have and he should have the things I did when I was lost out in the world, when I was a teenager. Praise the Lord. How shall I give the? Uh, amen. All right, let's let's pray. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. I want to think about.